the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Let's talk stock. Let's talk investing. Let's get amped. 800-516-1220. If you're out in a boot, you're Canadian. Watch out for them geese. Pick up the phone. Take give me a call. Off, you hosers. It's the great Northwest time to talk stocks. Again, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pride myself in that. If you want to talk love, we can talk love. Love's expensive, right? Holy mackerel, it's expensive. Um, you want tech- technology, we can talk technology. I was filling out a form the other day because, well, I was for Apple. And they asked what product I had and didn't have. And I was embarrassed. I have too much. I have too much. Presidente de la Orange is out there today talking Russia. This has been a fascinating presidency from a stock market perspective. And I'm, uh, every president has something. I mean, they all tie into Main Street, right? You're worth me. Or you're against me. you got to pick a side. This is a civil war. Um, so a lot, a lot to think about, in my opinion. Um, obviously, with George W. Bush, the market never really liked him. I think that he made the ner- market nervous, from what I remember. I remember every time he would talk, and I work in television, so we'd get interrupted at times on, you know, we're waiting for the president to talk, and the market never, I, I, I watch the markets while we're waiting for the president to talk, and it never went well, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. Market's a little nervous always about this current president, and it's interesting because it's been a yo-yo. Or maybe it's been a pendulum is probably the right way of saying that. It swung higher, and now it's starting to swing to nervous lower when he talks. That's not totally true. Theranos. You probably remember me ooing and aahing about the CEO of Theranos. They're basically cutting their staff now to zero. This was one of the companies that was on Business Week's cover on time. Um, they'd come up with this amazing concept of one little prick of blood can tell more about you than we know. And it can cost less than it currently does to know about said secrets. So turns out it wasn't true. <laughs> can you imagine getting in front of Wall Street and saying, I, I-, I have it. I got it. And uh, we have this technology that's going to change the world, except for it doesn't work. But you can't say that out loud because they're going to give you lots of money 
So this is what would be referred to as an embattled company. And I'm glad they weren't publicly traded because it would have been something I lost money on. Sometimes you read the PR and you believe it. And that's kind of a big lesson. I remember 15 years ago, there was a company called Cryomedical Sciences. Ticker symbol was CMSI. And uh, they were a little Canadian company going full circle in Canada. And uh, I'm not going to blame Canada on this one. But it was a company that had had a cure, not a cure, but a test. Eh. They were able to freeze prostate cancer, and then the doctor can go and cut it out because it's frozen and it's more obvious or something like that. You see where it starts getting messy? Something like that. So they had a device, a medical device. Now, medical devices are interesting. If you ask a firefighter, what's his favorite tool? If you ask a carpenter, what's his favorite tool? If you ask uh, a house husband or a housewife what their favorite tool is in the kitchen, probably going to get an answer, right? Oh, I like the uh, cat opener. Now, who likes the can opener? Is the firefighter? Is who, who is it? Who is it? Is a parent? Is, who is it? Is a house husband? Can opener might be the, the, the firefighter, right? And when he's talking can, he's talking the ability to open up a car after a car crash. So you pick your favorite tool. And cryomedical sciences had a tool that they sold to hospitals. And the kicker was, do you sell a second one? It's the old Gillette do you remember the Mach 2 razors and the Mach 3 razors, the Mach 5 razors, and the Mach 6 razors? You need five razors to cut your little stubble. Real men use razors sharp enough to slit a throat. And it's like, we would watch those mock commercials during the Super Bowl. And like, we're like, ooh, it looks like a jet plane. And you're like, it's a razor blade. It's a razor blade. But they, they sold us on, you know, how cool. It's got pivoting heads. It's got technology that you can shave while you're in a turbulent flight that's about to crash. You look good, but you'll be dead. But you'll look good. So the whole thing on those those mock razors was, you know, you bought the you know the first one. They wanted you to buy the, the, the refills. And there was a ton of them. I mean, they had shock-absorbing technology in the razor, and they wanted you to buy the blades. It was a trick to get you to buy blades, right? The second, third, fourth, fifth time. Uh, and I know, it seems like this is a technology that's 2,000 years old. Shaving has not improved much in 2,000 years. So we improved it. Because how else can you charge big dollars for something that's 2,000-year-old technology? Well, you have to come up with the, the super technology, right? So anyway, um, it's always about can you get someone to do it a second time? It's not about the first. It's always about the second in the world of investing. You know, Apple is really super popular with kids with their phones. And when you say kids, you're talking teenagers. For Apple to be successful, Apple needs those same kids to be buying phones in their 20s and 30s. (laughs) Excuse me. I must have some allergies. Exactly. I have one more in me. Isn't it funny how there's never just one sneeze? Ready? That feels good. So, okay, back to me, because that's what it's all about. Cryomedical Sciences was a company that had, it was Canadian, 
I've said that. I'm not upset. I'm okay. I've gone through a lot of therapy. I still like hockey. I still like Canadian women, and I still like Canadian beer. I'm not a big fan of the Canadian goose. I'll be oh, honest my, with you. My, my. I'm not a big fan of the Canadian goose. Death to all Canadian geese. You geese eyes. To be kidding me. Gooses. Geese. So anyway, cryomedical sciences. Okay. I bought them at like maybe $2, and it went to like 5 or $6. Woo! And my dad died. Did I tell you of cancer? So I had a personal angle on it. So Theranos, when they got this this idea of we're going to fix cancer and we're going to be great and we're going to do it, I believed it. I was a sucker. I lost money on cryomedical sciences. I probably would have lost money on Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Now they are just a shell of a company with just a couple employees. Not good. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. WhatsApp co-founder Jan Coombe. He's leaving Facebook and a lot of people have opinions on it. Like, who's Jan Coombe? Is he Zuckerberg's secretary? Who is, wait, wait, wait. Who's Jan Coombe? Jan Coombe is the co-founder of WhatsApp. And parent company Facebook acquired WhatsApp because they had this great small business. That was a wonderful idea of setting people up with an instant messenger slash phone feature around the world. And all you needed was data and an internet feed. So he's leaving the company, he says, to work on his Porsche collection. Wait, wait, Facebook, aren't they getting into a heap load of trouble these days with the importance of users' privacy? And one of the guys who started WhatsApp, who does messaging, who if those secure messages fell in the wrong hands, say a North Korean leader who doesn't want to be bullied, or a Chinese elected official who doesn't want anything other than a ripple coming out of the, the pond, so to speak. So it looks cowardly. WhatsApp's other founder, Brian Acton, recommends deleting Facebook and moving to WhatsApp's rival, the secure messaging app called Signal. So the company that Facebook acquired for $19 billion, and if I remember correctly, they had like something like 30 employees, so it was stunning. But WhatsApp as a business was pretty solid, ethically speaking. And Facebook promised that they would not infringe on WhatsApp users' privacy. So WhatsApp users should worry how their messages and contract contacts are going to be, you know, secure and or private. And this is at a time when Facebook's doing a big, 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 big um, gathering, gathering of Facebook nerds, their F8 conference, so to speak. You know, we have a basic responsibility to protect people's data. And if we can't do that, then we don't deserve to have the opportunity to serve people. And there's a lot of messaging that's going on there that's kind of coming off tongue-in-cheek or... I don't think it's very fair. You know, at this point in time, Facebook and WhatsApp probably aren't sharing a lot of data. 
for nefarious reasons, but they probably are sharing a lot of data. You don't buy a company for $18 billion and expect to never monetize it. And the way you monetize something that's free, the way you <laughs> analyze, the way you monetize WhatsApp is you tell the advertisers, hey, this guy is 44 years old and he seems to tweet a lot or instant message a lot about 18th century pots, Austin and his jugs. So suddenly I'm going to be getting, you know, jugs online and jugs.com and jugs direct advertising oh my, my, put in my, my put in my instant message feed, right? So because that's how they're going to make money with WhatsApp. So Facebook and Instagram share data for advertising purposes. So it's not going to be a massive outcry when there's more data being shared, but it does make you kind of go, wait, 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 why is there executively leaving from WhatsApp? Why is, why is he leaving Facebook? What, what, what happened? We all know Cambridge Analytica. I, I guess we know that, right? Can we expect a movie about the secret insider at Cambridge Analytica? Facebook's chief security officer, Alex Stamos, is scheduled to give a presentation. Um, titled Security at Facebook Scale. Dun dun. Zuckerberg's keynote is going to be closely watched. The headset is expected to cost about $200 for the Oculus Go, a steep drop from Facebook's $400 Oculus Rift. But unlike the Rift, which supports room scale and location tracking, the Oculus Go is designed for stationary seated use. So we're going to get a little bit of virtual reality. And when you get the virtual reality, you get a room of a lot of men, a lot of men, a lot of men sitting around and they put the technology on their head and they're writers or they're tech developers, or they're bloggers. So look for something on virtual reality as they report their get together powwow. Video games and mobile gaming have been a notable presence at Facebook's F8 get together we'll learn more about their messaging platforms a lot of how much uh, resources are they putting in the video for their watch channel so a lot going on over at Facebook and they have a big conference this week and uh, as that gets underway we'll hear announcements right probably announcements that will reassure us a little bit on security Facebook, when they got in the news on security issues, they fell, and I said, this is going to be a buying opportunity. Sure enough, it was a buying opportunity. Now is it? Now should you buy? I, I think you buy Facebook pretty confidently. And you should always consult a broker advisor for data action and mentioned on the show, but at this time, are they not the go-to network for our eyeballs? So you know what I mean by that, right? Aren't they the company that we're continually focused on right? as far as sitting down at dinner and checking Facebook. Is that what we're doing? We used to check emails. We used to read the newspaper. We used to turn on the radio. Disney's launching a digital channel tied towards, wait, 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 wait for it, wait for it, food. Now, when I think of Mickey Mouse, I typically think theme park, French fries, Coca-Cola, maybe an icy or a slushy with red cherry or blue dye everywhere. 
But its annual New Front, which was on Tuesday, a presentation of upcoming video content for advertisers, the company introduced a new digital brand called Disney Eats, which is an online channel and editorial site for features that show culinary shows, right? Cooking shows and products aimed at young kids. Now, Disney has to be careful because moms don't want kids going anywhere near sugary cereal. And that sugary cereal is like advertised all over where kids hang out on Disney channels, right? So Disney's wisely putting a flag in this area. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I got a big seminar coming up in Cupertino. You can learn more by going to Rob Black Show and using the code RADIO25 to sign up for it. Coming up on Thursday. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I was in a Bay Area city a couple days ago. Bay Area cities, you know. You see them all over Silicon Valley, the TV show. Guess what I saw? I saw a little robot, self-driving robot coming down the uh, sidewalk. And it was delivering lunches and other supplies to tech workers. So autonomous delivery robots. Autonomous delivery robots. Like, how fun. And my first thought was, kick it. It looks like a soccer ball or it looks like a crock pot on wheels. Then I was like, no, don't do that. You have to be nice to robots, right? There's going to be some sort of code of ethics, and I'm going to be the guy on video shown kicking a robot, and everyone's going to hate on me for years and years to come. But guess what city this was? This wasn't Palo Alto. It wasn't Menlo Park. It wasn't Cupertino. It was in Alameda. I saw this robot. It's like not exactly a tech hub of the Bay Area, right? Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? I love the walking crockpot. That's great. <laughs> That's kind of what it looks like, right? Oh! You haven't seen these yet. Dip in a spoon, grab some chili out, something like that. That'd be funny. It's delivering something warm. So thus it looks like a crockpot, but I'm uh, digressing. Whoa. Have you seen any of these uh, robots yet? No, not not in person. Not since like Disneyland okay. where you see them running around, you know? Got it. So let's talk a little. Uh, we have a big event coming up. Um, it's going to be tied towards retirement and income, but also just lifestyle and your ideas and spending money and getting the income just right in retirement. This is coming up in Cupertino, May 3rd. So it is this week, this Thursday, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar in Cupertino at the Juniper Hotel. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio twenty five. Get in for free, Mr. Burton. Let's talk a little Social Security. Um, it's always in the news, and typically it's it's running out. It's not going to be funded. It's a disaster. America's getting older. There's never a lot of positives tied towards Social Security. What are your thoughts? Uh, no, there's not. And in fact, I think if you're 45 or under, you should assume that you're going to be doing your retirement planning without Social Security. And that doesn't mean it's not going to be there. What it means is that if it is there, it'll be replaced with higher taxes. Uh, because as of right now, 
there's just not enough workers supporting retirees. We do have the millennials that are, will feed into the system, but in terms of 2034 being kind of the year where inflows and outflows just don't match anymore, um, it's a problem. So under the current tax code, it just can't work the way it's going to work. And we, we need Congress to eventually tackle that problem and fix it or change it. Um, so it is a problem. If you're over 55 and you want to assume the Social Security, I would assume um, that it's not going to increase with inflation. If you're over 65, yeah, maybe 1% inflation increase over time is okay. But, um, you know, just, just for younger people, again, try to, try to plan for retiring without it. And if you get it, it's just kind of gravy. Now, it's not really kind of gravy because we kind of pay into it, you know? Um, it's we a tax a on your... We pay a lot into it. And it's one of the things when you look at your paycheck when you're 17, 18 years old, you're like, okay, I see federal taxes. I get it. The federal government wants my money. I see state taxes. Okay, I get it. The state wants my money. I live in this state. And you start seeing some of these other taxes and you're like, holy, H-E double tupex. It's like, it's crazy. Um, we pay a lot into it. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't it a better system be, instead of paying it to the government, paying it to ourselves and we invest it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the, here's the deal. Social Security was created to keep people out of poverty. Um, it wasn't created to be a main source of retirement income, but unfortunately it is. I can't even remember the last time I saw a survey on it, but typically it's like the, for 70% of retirees, Social Security is the majority of their income, something like that. Um, so it's not a great way to live. Um, unless you've paid everything else off and you don't like to travel and you eat twice a day. <laughs> so it, it's a problem for sure. Um, I would love to see it change, some sort of an opt-out, be able to invest the money. Um, even if I could, I'd pay into the system, Rob, if I could at least take my half instead of the you know, employer's half and invest it. Like a mandatory 401k contribution, something like that. But you still have to think about the idea that it keeps people out of poverty. So it's 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 a it's a tough task to take on for sure. Congress people that run seem to be afraid to take it on. The thing is, is that a lot of people don't realize when they go to do these online calculators. Another, you know, I've talked about how bad these online retirement calculators are. Um, they haven't adjusted for the current tax cut, and most of them don't really give you that input that if your income is over a certain amount then 50 to 85% of your Social Security is taxable. So you paid all this money in as taxable income, and you can take it out, it's taxed again for most retirees. And a lot of people don't realize that. Now, one of the things I like to do is I like to show my children uh, a pay stub and kind of show them what comes in versus what goes out and taxes and things like that. And I refer to the Social Security tax. It's kind of a sneaker tax. It's not really... But a lot of people don't stop and think, I owe federal, state, disability, state. Like, some of these taxes, like, you start adding up, and you're like, Social Security taxes. Okay. So, any other sneaker taxes people should be aware of? Because that kind of saps your income in retirement. Well, it's just, and yeah, it does the first, what is it, like, 128 for 2018 that you pay FICA on, um, you know, and you pay half, your employer pays half. That's why when you're self-employed, you got to realize that you're going to pay your first 15% of your your profits are going to pay FICA, um, and that's what Social Security is on your paycheck, or self-employment tax is the other way to look at it if you're self-employed. I mean, the biggest sneaker, Rob, is that it, the, the numbers are so crazy, because if you 
if it, the formula is that if you take your your taxable you take your taxable income plus one half of your social security, if you're single and you make if that number adds up to thirty four thousand, so your taxable income or your modified adjusted gross, which includes your tax free bonds plus half of your social security, I don't know why they came up with this formula. But if it, you're single and that number's over 34000 85% of your Social Security is taxable. If you're married, it's over 44000 85% of Social Security is taxable. So there's two levels of planning. First of all, you better hope that your Social Security is taxable in retirement and that you're making over that amount of money in the Bay Area, right, so you can afford to live. But there are some circumstances where you have to be careful what you're drawing out of which accounts because you might be right at that limit where your Social Security isn't going to be taxable or you're on the other side of it already, and you're taking more out of your IRAs than you thought, so you could convert some of them to a Roth IRA. So tax planning becomes a situation in retirement where instead of, I'm trying to save as much as I can on taxes this year, you're trying to save as much as you can on taxes over 35 years. You're trying to do the best that gets you through all of retirement versus just this year. Most people that are working when they're trying to save on taxes, trying to save as much as they can this year, right? You're always, how do I minimize taxes sure. this year? But in retirement, it's a longer-term game for sure. And Social Security has to do with it. Uh, also, people going into retirement, a lot of times they have to diversify their portfolio, sell, you know, they're way overweight in their company stock. Uh, they have to exercise some options when they retire. Their income goes way up. And then all of a sudden, they get on Medicaid, Medicare, which they think is, uh, you know, $134 a month. Nope. They might be paying 400 and some dollars a month for the same benefit because they had a huge increase in income that year. So that's another sneaker tax in retirement that you have to worry about and do some planning for. So maybe you, you, when you're going into retirement, any of those reductions, any of those things that are going to result in a much higher taxable income for maybe one or two years, you do that prior to getting on Medicare so you don't get nailed with higher Medicare premiums. Is there anything else that you're working on that we should be aware of as far as income and retirement, wealth preservation for the seminar coming up Thursday? It's going to be a big one. It's going to be pretty well attended. Juniper Hotel, Cupertino, California. People can sign up for the May 3rd, 630 to 830 event at com and newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of good downloadables there, but you can also sign up for the event and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free if you've never been to an event. So anything else that we're working on, Chad, that you want to make people aware of? Because we've got about two minutes left, Chad. Well, you know, I think that the idea of retirement income planning doesn't change based on what market that you're in. You're, the market will do very well for you over a long period of time, 10, 15 years. Um, and you don't have to worry about corrections if you set up your portfolio correctly in retirement with your safe money and enough dividends and interest and a plan to rebalance during the good quarters of the market. Because people are starting to talk about it, Rob, if we make it till August, this will be the longest running bull market. If we make it to August without a 20% correction, the longest running bull market. Do you remember Ever? we've now said that twice in our careers? <laughs> if we think about how long we've been doing this stuff together on radio. You know, 99 people were talking about it. 2006 people are talking about it. But yeah, I think this is one of the longest running bull markets we'll have if we make it to August, I believe, without a 20% correction. And we'll have, we have you're a party go through these. I, Wait, I, are we have I a almost party? had a party when, yeah, let's have a party when, when that happens for sure. I always lose my shirt at parties. That's the downside. No more tequila. <laughs> no more tequila, exactly. <laughs> it kind of turned into Ron Burgundy. Uh, with that being said, it's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him here lurking at the radio station, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, as well as Fridays. 
It's CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You will not catch him at a Hyam concert. Juniper Hotel Cupertino, though, this Thursday, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, May 3rd, 630 to 830th at Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Read some interesting reports on Facebook yesterday. Their campuses are big and sprawling, right? And a lot of people have opinions on Facebook and fake news and politics and what friends post and don't post. And we all seem to have kind of a, I'm not going to say an anger, but we kind of have a feeling about it. Facebook gets a 911 call. You know, the police get a 911 call from inside of Facebook every other day. Whether it's employees harassing each other, whether it's people wandering onto campus demanding to speak with Mark Zuckerberg. The problem is it's it's a casual working culture. It looks like a park. It looks like a college campus. So if you put people with shotguns and machine guns at every corner, it suddenly doesn't look that way. It doesn't feel that way. How do you beef up security so that you're not getting 911 calls, whether it's for mental evaluation, vehicle crashes, medical emergencies, suspicious people, suspicious vehicles, assaults, It's kind of a 24-hour problem, too, because Facebook works around the clock around the world. And a lot of campuses, a lot of corporate campuses have have kind of gone after that campus look, right? Campus security is becoming a bigger, bigger problem. So when you do visit a campus and you see a, a Google bike or Facebook bike, don't get cute and get on it. Someone's going to call the police on you, is my opinion. But neither here nor there. CFP Chad Burton did a segment this morning on financial planning matters. He's going to be at a big event coming up this Thursday. You can sign up for the event by going to Rob Black Show or RobBlackShow.com and sign up under the events and use the code RADIO25 to get into the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino for free this Thursday, 630 to 830. But let's hear what CFP Chad Burton had to say from his morning show today. So some pretty good planning opportunities out there. And some of the planning opportunities that are out there are if you're close to retirement, you're a business owner, you're trying to do two things, sell a business and pass on some assets to your kids and grandkids in trust where they can't just blow it all because one generation makes it and the next generation tends to spend it, right? So actually, how does it typically, the first generation spends their entire life working and building the wealth, doesn't really get to enjoy it. Um, the next generation gets to enjoy it, and then the third generation gets to destroy it. That's kind of how it tends to happen. Um, it's unfortunate, but that's how it goes. And California, you've got state income tax issues to deal with. And if you're trying to sell a business and then eventually get some of that to your kids and grandkids, um, you need to look at Ning trusts if you want to. It's, it's you know very small segment of who's listening, but there's an attorney out there, Steve Oceans, that does dynasty trusts, Ning trusts, things like that, and there's ways to decrease taxes and and set up 
long-term trust for kids and grandkids. So shoot me an email if you want more information on that, chat at chadburton.com. Another question that I got had to do with floating rate funds. Um, I mean, look, we're sitting on, I'm looking at the Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index. Um, that's the index that most you know corporate bond funds and government bond funds will put their returns up against year to date by the end of the month down 2.19%. So our bonds entering a bear market territory where rates are rising. And I've mentioned this before. I do not like general bond ETFs that follow just the aggregate like AGG because in the S&P 500, it's a market-weighted index. So majority of the money is going towards the top 50 to you know 90 companies. And in a stock index, that tends to be meaning you're putting more money in the higher quality, largest companies in the index. In a bond index fund, you're putting more of your investment into the companies that issue the most debt. Do you really want that in a rising rate environment? Probably not. So good managed bond funds, what we do is we have kind of a really conservative corporate bond fund paired with a a more managed core bond fund that tracks the Barclays with an unconstrained bond fund that can kind of go anywhere and also hedge against interest rates even go outside of the U.S. for fixed income. So it's it's a three-paired approach, three different funds in the fixed income category. A lot of people are asking about floating rate funds, and our unconstrained bond manager will kind of get into that if they need to. But look, I mean, we're looking at yields on these things, and a couple of popular ones that are out there, FLOT, iShares Floating Rate Bond ETF. Um, Another one that's a slight different twist on the floating rate market for the Treasury side is USFR by WisdomTree. Neither one of these are recommendations. Consult a broker advisor before taking any action. But, I mean... You know, I'm looking at these things, and the yields are less than 1.5%. And you go through periods of time where these ETFs can trade, the underlying assets can trade at a premium or a discount. And I don't want to keep track of that. Where I know I could go to Synchrony Bank Online, Capital One 360, um, whatever, and I can get FDIC insured 1.55% or more on liquid cash. So I just don't I don't get that excited about floating rate bond ETFs. I also remember those from early in my career in the 90s when bonds had a couple of rough years. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.